0: i'm chelsea and i love true crime
1: and i'm david and i love horror movies
0: and this is based on a true crime jennifer is the new girl in a strange school she's taunted by her classmates haunted by a deadly secret is she insane well she's not normal ...and caught up in a murderous wave of terror. When the murderer hides his victims, he likes to keep in physical contact with them. But Jennifer's got a few million close friends.
1: Insects never hurt me. I love all
0: insects. You're in a position to do extraordinary things. And she's going to need every one of them. Creepers. That fly is your magic wand. Ask him to lead you, where the dead bodies are hidden, and he'll lead you. From one of the most acclaimed masters of suspense... ...comes the chilling tale of a young girl trapped in a web of evil. Dario Argento's Creepers. It will make your skin crawl Hi everyone and welcome to our third minisode Today we are going to be discussing Phenomena The 1985 Dario Argento film Not to be confused with Phenomenon the 1996 John Travolta film, which I often confuse with Michael, which is also a 1996 John Travolta film. Yeah. No, no commonalities there, right?
1: Nope, no commonalities. No. They may sit next to each other at the video library or whatever. Yeah.
0: So this movie is about a girl with the power to communicate with insects. And she teams up with an entomologist to catch a serial killer. Although this movie is not about a true serial killer as our normal episodes are, I've found that watching movies about serial killers... You know, you could see a lot of real-life inspiration. So one of my all-time favorite movies is Silence of the Lambs. This is a movie that drew a lot of inspiration for its characters from real life. Um, so Buffalo Bill is based on Ed Gein in terms of making fashionable clothing out of human flesh. <laughs> ah, no. yeah. And also the way he feigned an injury to capture one of the girls is... Classic Ted, Ted Bundy. classic um, Ted classic Ted so Jack Crawford is actually inspired by John Douglas who is a real FBI agent that helped develop the behavioral research unit there he actually wrote the book Mindhunter that David bought for me thank you David But <laughs> <laughs> um, they're also making into a Netflix series
1: yeah in the fall that's exciting
0: yeah. and then Hannibal Lecter is actually based on a true murderer Dr. Alfredo <laughs> Alf- Alfredo sorry <laughs> um, Dr. Alfredo Balazzo trevino so he murdered and mutilated his friend slash lover and he's also suspected of killing a number of hitchhikers but kind of the inspiration came from the fact that he was very intelligent and elegant and he was released after 20 years in prison and went back to being a physician
1: (laughs) oh man wow that's wild yeah that's
0: why you should always google your doctor so for Phenomena, there aren't really any people to uh, to draw that inspiration from. But one thing that stood out to me was the fact that although these girls are being killed, most of their bodies are never found. There's just one head that's found. And that got me thinking about bodiless murder or the no body, no murder English common law. So... This law dates back to the 17th century, uh, specifically the Campton Wonder case. So in 1661 in Gloucestershire, England a family servant his mother and his brother were all hanged for killing their master after the servant uh, John Perry had initially confessed to the crime before rescinding his confession. So you could probably guess what's going to happen next right? (laughs) Yeah. So one year later the master returned um, and he claimed that he had been kidnapped and sold into slavery in Turkey. So this was not an official law, but it was essentially a guideline for convictions for almost 300 years. One famous case that's, I guess, not quite bodiless murder, but the acid bath killer, John George Hay, he operated under the assumption of no body, no crime. Uh, essentially erroneously. So he thought that the Latin phrase corpus delicti meant that you couldn't be convicted of murder without there being a body. But that term legally means that a crime needs to be proved. It has nothing to do with an actual corpse. (laughs) (laughs) Whoops. um, Also, habeas corpus, nothing to do with a corpse either. (laughs) (laughs) Right, right. (laughs) Um, But as a result of, you know, his misinterpretation, although, you know, no body, no murder was really commonly law he would dismember and dissolve his victims in sulfuric acid oh (laughs) wow that's gross (laughs) so eventually he was caught because his last victim he actually he dissolved the victim in a place and he thought that there would be a floor drain to dump the body down which don't dump your sulfuric acid down the drain that's like basic chemistry yeah that's well yeah
1: i think they do that in like the first uh season of breaking bad Like, do not do that
0: i have notes on that actually (laughs) so um so instead of dumping the body more discreetly. He dumped it on top of a rubbish pile in his backyard. And then the police came and they found a foot, some gallstones, and some dentures. So not quite a bodiless crime. There were some bits and pieces. So he was convicted. Yeah. (laughs) So yes, Breaking Bad, this is a scene that really stood out to me in the first season. They were actually dissolving the body with hydrofluoric acid, which is not as strong as sulfuric acid. And I think it was kind of picked for the fact that they could do what they did. So, you know, he's supposed to put the body in the plastic tub and pour hydrofluoric acid into the tub because um, hydrofluoric acid can't dissolve plastic, but it actually can dissolve glass. So um, if you'll remember, he ended up putting the body in the bathtub instead because yeah, he didn't yeah. want to dismember him and put him in the tub. Right. And then it eats through the porcelain and then all falls through the floor. So <laughs> I love that scene. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, but yeah um, acid has been used to dissolve bodies for a number of years, I guess.
1: Hopefully it taught a lot of people. I mean, wait, maybe not taught them lessons <laughs> <on> what, the, <laughs> what to use to dispose of bodies. We yeah. hope that's not the lesson.
0: Yeah. These are not instructions. No. So eventually... The nobody, no crime common law was abolished. Um, so in 1953, Stanislaw Saikot was murdered by his business partner, Mikhail Onofrysic. Sorry, the <laughs> Polish names. Um, so uh, Onofrysic claimed that Saikot had returned to Poland, the pig farm that they shared, uh, which had blood and bone fragments all over the kitchen. He said that they were from uh, rabbits, but... Pretty much everyone knew that he had cut up his business partner and fed him to the pigs. Oh, So he was sentenced to death, but it was eventually commuted to life in prison. And this set a new precedent for these bodiless murders. So the chief justice at the time, Lord Goddard, said, uh, quote, It is equally clear that the fact of death, like any other fact, can be proved by circumstantial evidence. That is to say evidence of facts which lead to one conclusion, provided that the jury are satisfied and are warned that it must lead to one conclusion only. So there are a couple other famous cases I just wanted to touch upon. In the United States, um, we had a similar case that became our precedent. So it was in 1955. It's actually pretty close to the same year. It was the murder of Evelyn Scott. By her husband uh, Robert Leonard Ewing Scott and this was the first case in the US history of someone being convicted of murder solely based on circumstantial evidence so uh, Evelyn had a lot of wealth and then married Robert Scott and eventually disappeared <laughs> her body was never found but her dentures eyeglasses and personal items were found buried among ashes near an incinerator so
1: how suspicious. Yeah.
0: I'll know when you buy an incinerator. Oh, mm-hmm. no. Keep my guard up. They also found that her bank accounts were emptied and the safe deposit boxes, the envelopes in there were replaced by envelopes that were filled with sand. <laughs> so a little bit suspicious. I don't think she kept her sand collection in a safe deposit box. Yeah, probably um, not. And then just some famous ones that you guys might have heard of. I bet you've heard of both of these. So what do you got? (laughs) The Woodchipper murder. The murder of Hel Crafts in 1986 by her husband, Richard Crafts. This was the first bodiless conviction in Connecticut. And it was the inspiration for? Fargo. Yeah. (laughs) And the other case is Azaria Chamberlain. All right, in it Australia. Ring a bell.
1: Okay, what do you got? Okay.
0: Dingo ate my baby.
1: Oh, it's yeah. G- oh, sorry. I'm not gonna do an accent. We have international <laughs> listeners. I will not offend you guys.
0: So, um, this is a mother. She was convicted of murder and spent three years in prison until they actually found baby clothes in the dingo lair and realized that the dingo did eat her baby. Indeed, eat the baby. Yeah. Which is sad. I don't. Yeah. No. I it feel is like sad. it's become kind of a joke, but it's yeah. like heartbreaking. So anyway, that's all I have on bodyless murders so let's talk a little bit about the bodiless murders taking place in the movie phenomena yeah no those are
1: great i like how we tied it together so good stuff That's a little gruesome, but
0: (laughs) (laughs) anything that's bodiless, it's like worse than if there was a body because your imagination just goes wild. Yeah, it definitely does. And it's also terrible for the families. You know, I think having the body does provide a lot of closure that is not possible without it. So, you know, I'm glad that we can now convict people of murder without bodies because sneaky people (laughs) can can hide them forever
1: yep that's true but uh no that's good good stuff so as chelsea mentioned earlier phenomena is a 1985 film directed by dario argento starring jennifer connelly in one of her earliest roles before labyrinth
0: she's so cute in this movie's little baby
1: Yep. Yeah. She does a great job. Uh, her character is Jennifer Corvino. She's a young American who joins a Swiss boarding school where she discovers that a serial killer is murdering young women. And after she has a bizarre sleepwalking encounter where she witnesses one of the murders, she meets Professor John McGregor, who is played by Donald Pleasance, which you may recognize as Dr. Loomis in Halloween, who is a forensic entomologist. After discovering that Jennifer has a psychic connection to insects, they team up to find the serial killer.
0: <laughs> Such a good premise. Yeah, uh, no, know.
1: It's uh, one that I wouldn't think of right off the bat.
0: I also have a soft spot for entomologists because of Gil Grissom in CSI.
1: Oh, yep.
0: Yep. A.K.A. uh, Will Graham in Manhunter.
1: We also have a friend that's an entomologist and always has fascinating stories about what bugs do and the odd things that uh, they're up to. (laughs) So... Just a little bit of background behind Phenomena. If the name doesn't ring a bell, you may recognize the title Creepers, which was the New Line Cinema distributed version of Phenomena in the U.S. However, it's 20 minutes shorter than the theatrical cut, which we watched. We watched the 116-minute Italian theatrical cut from the Synapse Films Blu-ray, and there's also a 100-minute international cut included on the discs along with the 83-minute Creepers version, which the difference differences between the international and the Italian version are not that huge. However, the Creepers version is dramatically different in terms of uh, order of scenes and just major scenes that are just completely excised from the movie. As we mentioned earlier, it's Jennifer Connelly. as Jennifer Corvino. Uh, there's also Donald Pleasant playing Professor John McGregor. Another one of the major characters, which we'll talk about when we discuss the story in a little bit more detail, is Daria Nicolodi, who plays Frau Bruckner, and she also has uh, a big big... big part of the, the <laughs> plot uh, so yeah kind of kind of a small cast of main characters with the headmistress of the school and then some of the the girls that are um, attend school with Jennifer's character but before we start talking about kind of our impressions of the movie I just wanted to mention a little bit of trivia uh, around the film as oh I no I, like I to... hope you're not asking me <laughs> no 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 no, no quizzes here there is a chimpanzee in the movie which Yay! yes <laughs> <laughs> and Jennifer Connelly has had part of her finger bitten off by said chimpanzee. What? Um, during the filming of the final scene. And they had to rush her off to the hospital and reattach her finger.
0: Wow. I did not know that.
1: <laughs> you never know. I mean, she doesn't bring it up in interviews that her Dario Gento directed chimpanzee co-star bit her finger off towards the end of the movie. Oh my gosh. Also, there's a lot of bugs in this movie. There was oh. a lot of insect wrangling. However, there's some visual effects that were done with large amounts of uh, swarming flies. And those the visual effects were made by the very very... very threatening coffee grounds in a water tank. (laughs)
0: <laughs> terrifying uh,
1: yeah so scary yeah so just some kind of fun stuff about the movie uh the other thing i wanted just to point out was that goblin did the soundtrack which if you've seen other italian horror movies they've done um, some you know key work with argento including suspiria they also worked on the score for dawn of the dead Tenabre, which is another argento one i think that we mentioned when we called out our friend mike's favorite films of each decade mm. a couple episodes ago so yeah i i really enjoy goblin scores they're synth driven and a lot of fun. So, it's Goblin. So, I guess uh let's just kick it off. I know you mentioned that uh you kind of enjoyed the movie, but just your impression overall just to start our conversation about phenomena.
0: So, I did enjoy the movie. I enjoyed some parts more than others. I don't know how quickly you want to jump into like the turning point for me, but but I will say, you know, you mentioned the the score by Goblin. I was kind of shocked at first because I feel like I'm not really used to in horror movies them playing like entire metal songs with all of the words still in them oh right because they oh. had uh
1: motorhead and iron maiden had featured songs in there so that you know it's kind of yeah one of those, i think uh argento must have been really happy to have those two bands yeah. <laughs> contribute to the soundtrack so it
0: just it did take me out of the film a little bit yeah no i agree yeah but i mean other than that i liked the uh instrumental music
1: well, okay, so I saw this film as Creepers back in the late 80s or whenever, probably after, just shortly after it came out uh, whenever it was on television. It was right around the time that Labyrinth came out because this came out in 85 and Labyrinth came out in 86. So it was like, oh, Jennifer Connelly was in another movie before playing Sarah in Labyrinth. And, you know, she was a couple years younger than that. I was like, thought it was cool that she was in a horror movie and uh, remember... Enjoying it. And then I believe the first time that I saw the Italian cut was for our screening when we watched it for this episode. So Mm. that was a different experience because I remember bits and pieces of the plot, but large amounts of it were new because they weren't included in Mm. the Creepers version. So it was cool watching this Italian version.
0: Yeah, except when they randomly started speaking Italian in that one scene.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and that's because I couldn't find, I guess, the original English audio for the the Blu-ray. But other than that, I thought it was uh, the restoration work was really good. It looks great on Blu-ray.
0: It was definitely an enjoyable movie. It was, you know, not very scary. I don't know if it was necessarily effective as a thriller but it was fun to watch. I think there were some missed opportunities. There's, you know, a cop that is, I guess, investigating the killing in parallel to uh, Jennifer. <laughs> I wanna say like Jennifer's character. Oh wait, her character is named Jennifer. Yeah. Um so investigated in parallel with Jennifer, and they essentially are arrive almost at the same time to the discovery of who the killer is. But, but they right. don't show anything about the cop. Right. <laughs> they you, show you, like two little tiny scenes, and that's it. And I, it's just I guess not what I'm used to with yeah. watching serial killer movies.
1: Yeah, and in those scenes, are I remember being confused as to even who he was, or was he? I was like, is he the killer? Like, who is this? Who is this? Yeah, guy? I thought
0: he was the killer at first. Oh, yeah.
1: It's Inspector Rudolph. No. no. he's not the bad guy but yeah i think that does in terms of like a protagonist i mean obviously it's jennifer's character but i feel like had the inspector's role been much greater and more clear that the hunt for the serial killer would have been that much better yeah but yeah that that was kind of a missing piece
0: yeah the tone i think fluctuated a little bit i had trouble figuring out how seriously i was meant to take the whole movie i feel like that all got cleared up at the end (laughs) Not very seriously.
1: Yeah. So uh, yeah, you were asking me about how quickly we wanted to dive into the part where it changed for you. I thought that'd be a good starting point to discuss the Friday the 13th portion of the movie where <laughs> it really quickly goes from uh, sort of a Giallo film to... Discuss for a, a second
0: what Giallo is because I know we I'd asked you about that earlier and then I cut you off before you could tell me and I said save it for the podcast <laughs> So we have seen quite a few uh, Lucio Fulci movies together, and those are not Giallo. Those are something else? Italian horror I mean you Italian could, horror right yeah
1: um the one component that well there's a couple of components that kind of make it a film a jello film and mm-hmm. that would be uh it'd be an Italian thriller is I don't know Was oh these films of Dario Gentura Italian thrillers but you know there's elements of mystery uh slashers crime fiction psychological thrillers um there's not often all that much supernatural elements in Jallos. So, so this
0: is about as supernatural as it gets in this film
1: yeah definitely yeah. so you know think of it as just like a thriller but there are certain tropes of a giallo and that often is like first person shots of like gloved a gloved killer with like <laughs> a murder weapon you know typically a lot of the times it's with knives or with strangling or very like i can definitely
0: up. picture those scenes in my head from this movie yeah
1: so that's I'm just jealous. i don't know i think there's people who know a lot more than who could pro- probably go for days and, days and days and days talking about it but you know i it's just it's a film genre and mm-hmm. it's tough to pronounce if you like just look at the word yeah <laughs> yep okay so but the friday the 13th portions of it are a little different like yeah. this is where i feel like argento is tapping into that 80s american horror film kind of like a Pamela Voorhees character.
0: Yes, very much
1: uh, of Frau Bruckner. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the House of Horrors, and the like. So should we say should, she has a son? Yeah, go for it. Yeah.
0: So she has a son. I mean, it's, terrifying it's, mutant son. Yeah,
1: and the son has this. It's called like palo syndrome, which is a real syndrome, but I feel like they kind of exploit it as making him just like a little monster kid. Yeah. Uh, but the the boy is similarly disfigured like Jason Voorhees is mm. in Friday the 13th. Um, and it's the, uh, the mother like protecting him from, I guess, well, not spoilers, whatever. Yeah. But if you don't want to know, just keep listening. If you no. don't want to know, I <laughs> hope you
0: had turned it off like two minutes ago. Yeah. <laughs> oh.
1: uh, okay. Yeah. So the little, she's protecting the little boy. Because you think that the little boy is just happens to be disfigured at one moment. But no, he's a fierce little killer.
0: And this is a question I still have about the movie, is how many of the people the little boy killed versus her? So the little boy killed most of them, and she just killed to protect him when she had to?
1: Yeah, because the one of the early scenes is you just see someone chained to a wall, and then the person breaks away from those chains and then chases the woman to her death in the waterfall. Yeah. Right, And I'm assuming that is the son the son yeah frau bruckner's son yeah and then anything closer to home home yeah is her or anything at the I school don't... is her i i don't know it's it's, com- it's, it's just confusing. weird
0: because you know at one point he was chained up in the house i assume by her to stop him from killing people and right. then he's freed he's living with her and she's just letting him kill all willy-nilly all of a sudden
1: yeah. I mean, yeah. So if, you know, if any of you know more, just <laughs> yeah. ha- or, or have more clarity over this, let us know. Cause I think just watching the film mm-hmm. like we did, it's really difficult to know.
0: Yeah. But it's not to say it's not enjoyable to watch yep. that whole scene. Oh my gosh. I mean, it was disgusting, but <laughs> getting to the no body, no m- murder aspect, it turns out in her creepy murder house, all of the bodies are just like dissolving or decomposing in this big pit that she falls into. Yeah, oh, a big messy oh. pit
1: that Jennifer <laughs> falls into and yeah, there's just parts floating everywhere. Yep, It's pretty, pretty gnarly.
0: Yep. So um, getting into, I guess, more of that Friday the 13th movie aspect. So after she escapes from the pit, she comes across the child, who I feel like looks like he's like six or seven, (laughs) which is just really weird also. But she approaches him thinking that he's just a sweet little child. And he turns around. He's got a monster face. He chases her. With a... Is it a knife? Yeah. I think um, so. uh, it's like a... What is it? Yeah. It's like so. a spear? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and she she escapes into a lake. They fight in the lake. The lake catches on fire because... Um, why not? <laughs> well,
1: yeah. The engine gets... The motor gets punctured and then the gas comes out and then it...
0: There's like, not nearly out. enough gas to warrant the entire lake surface being on fire, which essentially it is. So... <laughs> But she just, also controls insects, nitpicking. so I think it's okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'll accept that. Um, she
1: co- she controls insects. A uh, motor can contain yeah. like fifty a 50 gallon drum worth of gasoline.
0: Yeah yeah
1: yeah they get into the fight and then yeah. the whole the and it's whole one of
0: those war. fights where it's you think he's dead his body goes down she swims to the surface he pops back up so very very Jason-esque and eventually it catches on fire and it is gone it goodbye R.I.P.
1: bye bye R.I.P. <laughs> she gets to shore and then Pamela Vohe, I mean sorry <laughs> uh, Frau Bruckner I feel like we should have a, the horse winning every time I say Frau Bruckner like, <laughs> I feel like it's John Frankenstein here <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay, so at what point were you like checked out of this ending part though? There was the ending, right? When you were so like, So mm. I
0: yeah. At the point when she gets out of the lake, so she sees her father's kind of assistant there. And like I guess I was just the sucker who was like, Okay, movie's over. I'm ready to like get into it because you know, I I was not satisfied with a lot of aspects oh and then he and gets then his head cut suddenly off. yes um and then yeah so frau Bruckner, don't do the horse or do the horse she <laughs> <laughs> um, she cuts off his head yeah and um, it goes
1: rolling and rolling and rolling and rolling
0: yep and then she's you know jennifer connelly is essentially helpless at this point uh, she has no weapons and then suddenly
1: oh you go for it <laughs>
0: a chimpanzee with a straight razor flies in from the side and uh, cuts her to death. Yes. Yes. The end.
1: The, the end. Yeah. And then I think I stood up and was like, yeah.
0: Yeah, I think I did too. It was just so ridiculous. But it really did kind of save the movie for me. But yeah, so there, I don't know why I thought the movie was over. There was a lot of foreshadowing for the, the return of the chimpanzee.
1: Uh yeah, there was <laughs> there was especially when like the first reveal of the chimp is I think you asked me you were like is he the killer? Because <laughs> he's like lurking in the shadows outside of uh Donald Pleasance's and he's character's
0: carrying house. like um a scalpel right, that I yeah. guess he had found and he he brings the scalpel to Donald Pleasance yeah something creepy about that chimp. <laughs> yeah
1: yeah I know and I've always joked about like if a chimp got a hold of a knife how frightening that would be and yeah. sure enough uh Dario Gento's like let's give this trained animal <laughs> some cutlery
0: yeah and then what does he do he bites off Jennifer Connelly's finger
1: we <laughs> yeah. didn't oh. cut it off so I guess that's <laughs> yeah
0: so wait I don't I don't even think we talked about where the chimp came from so the chimp oh, right. is helping Donald Pleasance Donald Pleasance is uh paraplegic yes And the chimp is kind of like his nurse. So it brings him things. He shoots a laser pointer at the thing and the chimp will go and get it and bring it back.
1: Exactly. And at one point he points the laser pointer at the killer. Yes. When the killer comes in. And the the chimp remembers. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and rather than the chimp, the chimp's name is Inga. Yes. I don't know. I like saying the chimp. I feel like if we used a laser pointer and pointed it at something and trained our cats to go fetch it, like that'd be kind of fascinating, right?
0: None of our cats would do that. No. And just... it's not because they're not smart. It's because they're too smart. It's because they're cats, right? Yeah, it's because they're cats, essentially. <laughs> Maybe
1: we can teach Hildegard to do that. Yeah. Hildegard's our dog. No.
0: <laughs> no, she's too lazy. Yeah. Oh.
1: The cats just try to retrieve the laser yeah. dot. I guess really. But uh but but yeah, I I feel like they established it they said I,
0: I, they said very early on about her when the laser is pointed at something, she'll never forget it. She'll always retrieve it.
1: Which should be like I should be thinking the whole movie that like she's gonna come back and and do that, but no, it comes it really is out of the blue. Yeah, it's it's so bizarre.
0: Even though they show her getting the straight razor out of like a trash can or something, <laughs> yeah. um, it's I don't yeah I don't know how it it just slipped my mind. I think the end is so crazy that you just aren't aren't thinking of Inga right but she came in Inga saved Jennifer also saved the movie to me because (laughs) I went from not enjoying it to very much enjoying it
1: well and somehow we discussed all of this and didn't even get to the fact that Jennifer Connelly has a psychic connection with insects which (laughs) 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 so I think if yeah if if we've sold you already on this film There's like bugs that she can talk to, and actually it goes into the plot because when she does team up, as we mentioned earlier, with the professor, they actually are able to track down the killer by a very specific type of insect, which is the corpse fly. Um, The corpse fly is typically, well, I guess found with corpses. When I looked it up after we watched the film, it's sort of fabricated a bit in the movie.
0: Yeah, it's the great sarcophagus fly also is yes. uh, what it's known this as. Is, yeah. And I guess in real life, they will go after kind of anything rotting and decaying. But in the movie, they say it's only human flesh.
1: Yeah, and so she, she has the little Jiminy Cricket moment where she <laughs> has the, the fly and follows it. And it's like tracking the killer over miles and miles and miles. and. There's like the scene where she's riding the bus with the the fly in a box, and it goes crazy, and she's like, "I gotta get off at this stop." <laughs> yeah, the fly is pointing me in the right direction. Yep. So that's it's like uh Bell or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep.
0: I yeah. believe.
1: Yep. But then she uh she kind of jumps ahead of what her and the professor had planned, and then goes in alone. So that catches up to when all the you know Friday the these stuff. Mm. happens she stumbles acro- well, across well technically the house. that was
0: the abandoned house oh, or that right. was the house where the boy had first been chained up but then after that she goes and finds donald Pleasant's dead. and then the police anyway you should just watch it. <laughs> i feel like our discussion <laughs> has been all over the place the movie jumps all over the place it does yes but it's absolutely worth a watch it's weird i like it because it's so weird
1: yeah i like it too it is fun and it does have moments where it kind of Trails off, kind of like uh, I am right now. I'm doing it right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, Phenomena is a lot of fun. If you get a hold of the Blu-ray, definitely watch the either the international cut or the Italian version. I think it'd be a bit. I don't know. Maybe they tighten it up in. Creepers. That's funny because I was gonna say time. I'm
0: kind of curious if. I would think the Creepers version is better. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. less is more. I have that issue with a lot of films. Yeah, we'll yeah. We'll,
1: we'll have to check it out sometime in a, you know later on down the road and watch the Creepers edition, but we uh, will update
0: you if we do.
1: Yes, exactly. So that's 1985's Phenomena.
0: And that is a brief discussion of No Body, No Murder.
1: Yeah, no, I think it's uh that's a great Which way is to no longer the
0: law, so don't think that <laughs> if there's no body you won't get caught yeah <laughs> <laughs> don't listen to me no
1: no 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 no. yeah don't do, don't do that all right <laughs> all right cool well thanks for joining us for this mini episode uh, it was fun to talk about Dario Argento a bit don't get uh, talked about him all that often he's got a great filmography and you should look him up and see all of his uh his films so this has been a mini-sode of based on a true crime and thanks for joining us thank you death is but a door
0: time is but a window
1: we'll be back